My name is Sarah Vioso. In May of 2020, I was diagnosed with glioblastoma, the most aggressive type of brain cancer known. This is my spiritual journey of completely surrendering to God's will while healing my soul through His grace. Welcome to Surviving Fear. Episode 23, No versus Not Yet. So I kind of left a cliffhanger. Sorry, Brian, I started with the word so again. Trying to work on that. Let's start over. I ended last episodes with a cliffhanger for those of you that don't know my complete story, where I had prayed a very specific prayer that helped calm my scanxiety. And it was, you know, to see Jesus in the results, whatever they may be for my first scan. And it was a big one. Like that scan is a big scan because it's the first time they're looking at my brain since I've seen treatment. And I think I've mentioned before that my radio, my radiation oncologist had told us, okay, this is because I asked him specifically, what can I expect? Like, should I expect that I'm going to see huge shrinkage and whatever's left in the tumor cavity or am I going to see nothing at all? Or, you know, what, what I always like to have an idea so I'm not caught off guard. And the radiation oncologist said, you know, Sarah, there's going to be two things that you see. It's going to, the tumor will have either stayed the same or it will have grown. And quite frankly, I didn't like either one of those options, but okay, that's fine. I just wanted to have an idea. So I talked to you about my specific prayers and throughout this whole journey, I've learned how important the power of prayer is. I mean, when you mean it and you devote yourself, now I'm not saying that prayers are always answered how we want them answered. And I'm not saying that you always get them answered right when you ask. But I am saying that every prayer that you put out there is heard. So when I got my results of this first post-treatment scan, I'm not going to lie, I was nervous. I was nervous. You know, I am human. I'd like to say, oh, I just wanted to follow God's plan and I knew he had me. Yes, I know he has me, but I'm still human, which is something I still have to remind myself of. If you are going to have emotions, even though you don't want to, and you just want to put all of your trust in him, we're still humans. And I know I've talked about that a lot. So my neuro-oncologist gets on to deliver the news. And I've talked about Dr. N before. She runs just flatlined. And I appreciate that about her because I get so excited or I get so down or there seems to be no, you know, good in between for me. Well, I mean, I do run in between sometimes, but I'm emotional. I'm Italian. Love our emotions. Makes life fun. But it was amazing that she was like giddy. She was giggling and giddy. We don't ever get to see her giggly. We I like that's my like I feel like that's my goal for when I might when I meet with my doctors because they are all, I mean, they they do very serious things in their lives. They have devoted their lives to healing people and solving medical mysteries. And I so appreciate them for that. You know, I appreciate them for how they handle that and that they decided to devote their lives to something bigger than them. And I think that's amazing. 
but it so it made it so funny to see this woman who has 30 years of experience working with brain tumors and is an expert and at the top of her field be giddy and be like it shrunk she didn't say it shrunk she goes sarah it has shrunk by 50 percent that wasn't one of the options i was given i was given the option of number one it was going to stay the same or number two it was going to grow he didn't even give me number three And my results showed number three, that it had shrunk by over 50%. And it brought me to this particular sacrament, this particular scripture, Deuteronomy 10, 21. And I'm sorry if you hear paper rattling, it is me. Just, I write them down so I get the words perfectly well, correct. And it is Deuteronomy 10, 21. It says, he is the one you praise. He is your God who performed for you these great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. I got to see it with my own eyes. I got to see the MRI with my own eyes that showed such a large improvement in what they originally showed me. It was amazing. It was amazing. And It even got better when I brought those same results to my acupuncturist, Judy, who, you know, Judy's key in my world. And she looked at that first one. She had tears in her eyes. She goes, not only is it amazing, Sarah, because, but there's no necrosis. And my response was, that's awesome. What's necrosis? You know, I've learned a lot in this process. And I guess it's necrosis is dead tissue in the brain. So when there's trauma to the brain, you know, tissue can start to die. And, you know, I mean, they took a scalpel to my brain. So yes, there's been some trauma there and tissue can start to die. And you don't see that in my scans, which is miraculous. And just like Deuteronomy 1021 says, how awesome the wonders you see with your own eyes. I'm getting to front row seat to these miracles that God is performing on my body. And I know not everybody gets those miracles. There are people, like I've said before, with this diagnosis of glioblastoma that they don't make it out of surgery. They don't make it through treatment. They don't, they don't even get the option of surgery. And I'm so blessed that that isn't my story right now. I mean, I have to remember that, you know, I do remember, but I don't allow it to dominate me. But glioblastoma does not have a cure. You don't ever, I'll never stop being a patient. I'll never stop being a glioblastoma patient. Whether it's 40 years from now or four years from now, I will always be a glioblastoma patient. And that's okay. It's a label. I'll also always be Italian. And I'll always have olive skin. I'm not always going to have hair because I've already lost that once. I'll have dark hair until it turns gray. You know, (laughs) I'll always be Adam and Jake's mom. I'll always be Paul's wife. There are things that happen in my life. I'll always be Alan Angela's daughter. I'll always be Brian's sister. You know, I'll, there's a lot of things in my life that will always happen. So why is it scary that I'm always going to be a glioblastoma patient? Shouldn't be. 
yes, it's a very deadly disease. If I want to get all wrapped up in the hype of brain cancer, I can say, oh, it's a deadly disease. And it is. I'm not, I'm not minimizing the people that have had real loss because of this, because that's hard. And especially if they're people without faith, because this is just my path. This is just my journey. You know, I've said that over and over again. So I just wanted to, like, I titled this No Versus Not Yet, because immediately following this miraculous news, I mean, I crumbled in happy tears when I got this news. I remember exactly where we were sitting. I leaned in, I hugged my husband, and which was, you know, my uncle, we're doing all of our meetings via Zoom, and I'm hugging my oncologist. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening, and we're all giddy. And then I said, this is so great because I just got my dream job. Because remember, I told you I had started my master's and I was doing my student teaching and really the bulk of my master's starting in January of 2020. And then I was diagnosed in May of 2020. And then I was trying to figure, and then I, but I went ahead. I didn't know what my prognosis was going to be. I was offered a job as a teacher, which is what I had studied for and what I'd worked so hard for is to have my, get my master's degree in math education with a credential, a teaching credential for the state of California. And I did it. And then I got my dream job at the school I wanted in the position I wanted and it fit perfectly. And I was excited. The timing was it. It wasn't full time and I couldn't do full time then because I wasn't sure my body was going to be able to take it. And it was my job. And I was so excited. And five minutes after I'd gotten the most amazing news that my tumor had shrunk and this was actually going to become a reality, my doctor said, Sarah, we don't know what school's going to look like, but you cannot be around children right now while you're going into chemotherapy because it's going to knock your immune system down and we're in the height of COVID and we don't know what school's going to look like. So it was a no. I had prayed for the job. I had worked hard by his grace, to get that job. I got the job. And then I had to tell, I had to give away the job. And I had to say no. I was told no. That is hard pill to swallow. I'm right at the finish line and I get no. But it wasn't a no. There's a difference. No's aren't always concrete. Sometimes no is just a way to redirection your path or redirect your path. Sorry. A lot of times no is just not yet. And that's what this was. This was not yet. Because remember, his timing is perfect. And I believe 
God knows that I'm the type of person that I don't put anything but 100% into what I'm given to do and what I feel my purpose is. And I've always had a strong feeling that I've been called to teach. It's something that comes natural to me. I come from a long line of teachers and I love it. I love teaching. I love it. Especially math, which I know some people just the word mathematics makes them sweat, but I love it. It's a fun game and problem solving game for me. And it just was very evident to me that I needed to heal first. Why would I continue? And I will say how blessed I am that I'm in a position that I could not work and our family would still be okay. And so that allowed me, because of that, it allows me to heal and then teach. You know, I, it's just been throughout this, the prayers that have been answered are absolute direct prayers and the prayers that have not been answered and have had a purpose for not being answered. I wanted that teaching job. I wanted it. Sorry. And the Amazon package just delivered. If you just heard that do, do, do. It alerted me to it. Um, I knew what I needed, what I wanted to do in life, but I knew I couldn't do it yet because I, it would be more detriment than good in my life. You know, I have to be, you know, I'm fragile now and I've never been fragile. It's so funny because I never thought of myself as a fragile person, but my body is fragile. We're all fragile. The human body is not indestructible. We are not Captain Marvel. I'd say we are not Iron Man, but I'm not going to say anything further than that because I do not want to spoil anybody that has not seen Endgame, which you should have been now by now because it's been out for years. Anyway, I'm not Superman. No, Superman had kryptonite, so that's a bad example. Um, Bodies are fragile. And I need to remember that, you know, our, this is our time. It's our rental. I've said that before, you know, bodies are rental, but you still have to take care of it. And by pushing myself, like I always have pushing myself through boundaries. And sometimes, yes, we need to push ourselves, but sometimes we really need to listen to our body. And I'm, that is one humbling thing I've learned through my whole process is, is I've got to listen to what my body's telling me, or I will destroy it. I'll destroy it. It's, you know. A lot of times we don't know what our stopping point is, but our body will do it for us. Like, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I used to drink and there are times in my life I drank way too much. I mean, I love having a glass of wine. I don't drink anymore because of what I've been through. I think, I mean, I cannot put anything that is harmful to my body into it because it has been through enough. And I owe it to myself. I owe it to my husband. I owe it to my family. I owe it to my kids that I'm not going to knowingly put something into my body, which I know is not healthy, like alcohol. And trust me, I love a good glass of wine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, put that down. I was a big wine drinker, but to me, there's no way that I could look in my children's eyes that if something happened. If there's a reoccurrence 
and something that, you know, I go to heaven sooner than I expected to. I don't want my kids to ever look and be like, ever think that I didn't do everything in my power to make sure that my rental lasted as long as it possibly could. Now, could I step out my front door and get hit by a car? Sure, I can. It's my time, and my time will come when my time is ready. Only God knows when that time is. But I need to be a good steward of this body God has given me. And I've already put my body through enough. And am I condemning you if you like to drink wine or margaritas or beer? No, I love them. I just, my body has been through something extreme. And so I just don't feel comfortable continuing on that path. Even if it was just a glass of wine, I I don't want to open that box again. And I'm okay with that. And I don't, I, I, you know, everyone around me still drinks. I think it's great. It sometimes doesn't even, it smells good, but I think for me, it's like coffee, like coffee smells phenomenal. It tears me up. I wish I could drink it because it smells so good, but I don't, I don't drink coffee. Um, so just like that, I just kind of take it in that same category, if that makes sense. You know, it's just been an amazing journey and especially that very first MRI. You know, I had a very specific prayer that I would pray in the middle of my in the middle of my treatment, and it was, Holy Spirit, heal me with your healing light. And Jesus, lay your hands on my head and heal the cancer cells and protect my healthy cells. And that was my mantra as I would lay on the MRI table. And I think I've just, I've, I've uh, described this to you before, but it's the mask. They, it's a mask that they form to your face. And then that masks attaches to the table so you don't move because your head needs to be in the exact same spot every time for the radiation to be effective and they don't damage a part of your brain that's healthy they want to just target those cancer cells and so I would sit there and I was like I was always under there from like anywhere from five to you know ten minutes and I would say every time like because there was a green light and I think I told you this I close my eyes and I'm big visualization person. There's my yawn again. Sorry. And my visualization, just remember my brain needs oxygen. Oxygen. It doesn't mean I'm tired. It just says my brain is low on oxygen. So you yawn, you take in a large amount of oxygen. It helps. Um, so there would be a green light. And I said, Holy Spirit, heal me with your healing light. And I would visualize that. Like anytime I took a deep breath in, I would visualize like... I would be filled with like golden light. And then Jesus, lay your hands. I would literally picture Jesus standing over me with his hands on each side of my head saying, please heal my cancer cells and protect the healthy cells. And if that was a direct prayer, so that was the prayer I would say, protect my healthy cells. Then I have my meeting with my, you know, the next week with my acupuncturist and Judy says, There's no necrosis, no dead tissue. That means my healthy cells are still healthy. It's a direct answer to prayer. Do you always get the yes to your prayers? No. Do you sometimes get no? Absolutely. 
Do you sometimes get not yet? You sure do. Just don't mistake the no's for the not yet's. Because you never know what God has waiting for you around the corner. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Vioso, and I'll see you at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, J.T. Henderson, writer and director, Sarah Vioso, producer and editor, Kristen Walker, artistic creator, Laura Ritchie, graphic editor, Linda Lee, and musical artist and composer, Adam Vioso.